Hey, Trek Off fans, you can now follow us at Facebook at Trek Off Podcast. Do a search for Trek Off Podcast and like us at Facebook. Also, you can follow at Trek Off Podcast on Twitter. That's right. Go onto your Twitter feed right now and follow at Trek Off Podcast. And while you're there, follow the official Twitter feed of the Ninjas vs. Movies. That's at Ninjas vs. at N-I-N-J-A-S-V-S. Okay, enjoy. Trek Off. It's time for Trek Off. He's giving her all he's got, Captain. <laughs> Giggity. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And I'm Alexia. And you had something to drink. <laughs> by something, I meant a lot. Oh, wow. I just had a Keep laughing like that, like that and the house is going to fall on you. That's <laughs> okay, it's not. No, no. Okay, do your do your laugh. Do do maniacal. Do the maniacal. The you know villain laugh. Do it. Go. Why? Why am I doing this thing? Because I said so. Fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Welcome to Trek Off. Okay, got a little weird at the end. Just say it. <laughs> we talk about Star Trek on this podcast. I don't know if you were aware of that, but you know, clearly we're not. Um, because the whole two seconds we don't talk about Star Trek, the we world are, will end. We're at 56 seconds, and I have the 30 seconds of ads to begin with. Come on. Help me get moving, please. Captain Whipped Cream. What is this? Pinnacle? It's pinnacle Whipped Vodka. Whipped it's Cream Vodka. Good. Imitation Whipped Cream flavored vodka. Which is the only reason I like it, because I actually don't like whipped cream, weirdly enough. I don't do imitations. it's funny because it's true (laughs) i don't know what that i do imitations i do bad imitations terrible terrible you imitate all over the fucking place (laughs) it's like a fucking epidemic over there i would like to submit fuck see there you can't say no i'm doing an imitation but you're terrible at it i'm alexia i had some vodka ha ha i'm really quiet i'm really loud now i'm really quiet i'm not talking about that you're a hater 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 i want to submit <laughs> everything you say is bad la, 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 la. that's sort of a poor imitation but i, I give don't you know. props for trying it's, it's grounded in truth and that's what's important oh okay <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could do an imitation of you. It would require too much hate on my part. Dan, I don't think I have enough. <laughs> Dan Guy left a message for me and did an imitation of me that was that it doesn't sound like me, but it evokes me. Yeah. And and I can do him doing imitation of me where he's like, Hi, this is Justin Timpain. I hope you're having a good day. Um, give me a call back. Here's my number. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And and it evoked me enough that I was kinda like, Okay, damn it. Damn you, Dan. Damn you, Dan. Damn you to hell. Dan Guy is the co-host of the Suckcast, which you can find at nlightpodcast.com. Um, see what I did there? I did. I, I saw did. it. Scared. And we love Dan Guy. We love Dan Guy. He we is, love him. He has moved back into town. Yay! and And hopefully that translates to more Suckcasts very soon. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so today we are talking about the second season of Star Trek Teach Space Nine. Is that what we're talking about? That is what we're talking about. But first, you wanted to talk about the interesting week that we have had here in the Washington, D.C. Right. metropolitan area. Go ahead. Dude. Yeah. You like had an earthquake or something. I don't know what the fuck. I didn't feel it. You didn't feel it at all, really? No, no, no. bullshit? No, I was I was sitting in a... In, so I was at a place uh, where my child can use a moon bounce. And he was oh, jumping, nice. He, he was jumping in a moon bounce and they have big cushy chairs. And I was sitting in a big cushy chair. And... I'm sitting there and they have a big TV on the wall and I'm just watching the because there's nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm sitting Wait, there. Wait, you weren't in the moon bounce? What the fuck? I have I was with the baby. 
and the baby oh. was sleeping. And oh. so and so I'm watching the subtitles of like General General Hospital. It's like how they're <laughs> nice because they don't have the sound on, but there's right. subtitles mm-hmm. going. So I'm watching the subtitles and they like have a breaking news report. And suddenly everybody from the front of the place runs in there and they're like, what's what's going on? Watch your TV. Let's see what's going on. Let's see what's going on. I'm like, what? What's going on? They're like, we just didn't you feel that? You didn't feel it. You no. didn't see it. You did nothing. I was reclining in the easy chair watching the subtitles. I still find that hard to reading believe. Reading General Hospital and everyone else is running nothing in. Nothing shook. Nothing, nothing. And I'm like, and I'm like, no, we didn't. And they're looking like looking at me like I'm the idiot. I'm like, I'm like, what? I don't know. Why is everyone running in? Like, so evidently the next that like that night at 1:50 in the morning when I was up, I was taking out the trash. Um, but I was. I was running around with the trash like I was Superman in my front yard yard, evidently when it happened and I came in and and there was a news update and about the aftershock and I was like you're kidding me I didn't feel the aftershock because I was I didn't feel the aftershock were you up no no, I don't think No, it's like one fifty. Was it like one fifty in the morning? Yeah. I don't think I felt um I don't but think I was, I was up. Awake. I was I was standing. Dude, I was when the first thing hit. Like I was alone in my bedroom and we have a loft bed. So like I'm up in my loft bed, it's me and the puppy. I got my kid a loft bed. You see it? Yeah, it's Isn't awesome. It cool? Dude, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's cool I wish I'd had that when yeah. I was a kid. Anyway, go on. Um, and I was, so I'm alone, me and the puppy watching probably Star Trek. No, actually I think that day I was actually watching Never Been Kissed. I'd taken a break from Enterprise and like, like I'm going to stop watching Star Trek and watch some shitty movie. Hey, I love the movie Never Been Kissed. You shut your fucking mouth. It's sweet. It's lovely. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> Got a little and aggro there. <laughs> and it's Drew Barrymore and it's that guy. I fucking love that guy. The guy that plays a teacher. The other guy. Michael Varton. Uh, it was Drew Barrymore and that guy. His name's not important. I love I, Michael Varden. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. And, and, you know, I, and, I, and, I, and I do feel bad for Drew Barrymore ever since she broke up with her career. So, oh, you're oh, such a shit. No. Drew Barrymore is so much cooler than you could ever be. So I guess Clearly. you just got to you know, rag on her. I, so I, you can feel better about yourself. I guess I have to. No, I... I, I mean, she was fucking Firestarter, motherfucker. No, I actually, I enjoyed Drew Barrymore. <laughs> I, I don't like the kind of movies she usually makes. And yet... You didn't I, like Going the Distance? I thought I that was don't, a very cute movie. And yet... Um, I tend to like her and in music movies. and lyrics. I like. I like movie. her in. I like her wedding in, singer. You're not. Let me finish my <laughs> fucking sentence. <gasps> Welcome to being me. Oh my gosh. Aww. Welcome to being you. What? You like? You talk to yourself and you interrupt. No, your you interrupt me the all the time? fucking time. I never get to fucking finish a fucking thought. But go ahead. If you had a worthwhile fucking thought, I'd let oh, you finish it. Fucking, oh, somebody's in a mood tonight. Oh, what? what? Suddenly I'm acting like you and I'm somebody's an asshole? Somebody's cranky. <laughs> He's got the cranky pants. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <You're like laughs> <pastor>. <laughs> <laughs> finish your cranky pants, though. Hey, Mr. A, you want to you sit over there and be sardonic and quiet and friendly and likable? You keep doing that because you, damn it, he's cute. I know, right? Isn't he cute? He's adorable. <laughs> he's like, he's on his iPhone. He's sticking out his tongue. He's like, nah. <laughs> he's such the cutest boy. Oh, gross. Um, <laughs> so, Why? It's true. Well, okay. Anyway, I, so I was watching Never Been Kissed. Yeah, and you didn't feel the aftershock. No, but I felt the first one. I'm watching the movie and like yeah. all of a sudden, okay, and this is going to, you can make fun of me if you want. It's fine. Okay. Um, I probably want to. You're going to. I already want um, to. <laughs> So underneath the loft bed, we have like a little mini fridge. Uh-huh. So there's like a, a rumbling coming from under the bed. <laughs> You're like, I'm so hungry. No, and I think like, I think like the mini fridge is breaking or something. Nice. Go on. Um, I think, so I think something's going wrong with the mini fridge. I'm like, what the fuck? So like I paused the movie. I'm like, 
the what the fuck? It just keeps getting worse, and like the whole fucking room is shaking, and like the bed is shaking, and shit is falling down off of stuff. The roast beef is coming back for revenge, and I'm freaking out because I think the fucking thing is going nuclear. I think the thing's gonna blow up. I'm like, holy shit! So like, I jump off of the loft bed to like try to unplug it to do something to make it stop. It's a Decepticon. I know, right? Because I can conceive of nothing else. Like the furthest thing from my brain is that it might be a fucking earthquake. You know what I mean? We live in Virginia. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, fuck. And then like I get down there and it's clear it's not, it's not that. And like we had recently, like I can't actually see outside of my windows because like we, our house is old and our insulation is bad. So um, we recently were like, you know what? We don't really use the windows anyway. We're cave dwellers. Fuck it. We'll just insulate them like with foam and stuff because we never need to look out there. So we do this. And the one time I actually in like five years have ever had the inclination to look out the fucking window. That's weird. (laughs) That's a weird thing to do. Well, you know, I just don't like the sunlight. It tries to kill me. So I'm just saying. So I have I eat nothing but ham and cheese sandwiches. <laughs> and that. I'm a weird person. What do you want? So like I have no point of reference and I'm freaking I out. I don't own a refrigerator. <laughs> I have insulation in my window. I don't like the sun and I eat nothing but ham and cheese sandwiches. It's not true. I ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich earlier. That's true. Well, you, ate, you, you ate a, a peanut butter jelly You know, <laughs> hey, there was a lot of peanut butter. I'm just saying. The jelly just gets out of control. Because the jelly does get out of control. It's excited. It's like, yay, I'm jelly. I have a friend in <laughs> peanut butter. You're my friend. Peanut, peanut butter yay. jelly is here. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Trek <laughs> So the the quake was not the only thing that. So we it was it was a huge quake, dude. I'm just saying, like it that was thing a, was, was. Here's the deal: it was scary. If as you've soon never as I, been in an earthquake before, I guess it would be startling. I yeah, I, I had never been in an earthquake. See, before, I had. And I didn't. Oh, okay, so I didn't know what was going on. And of course, living in Virginia, I certainly never made the connection that it would be an earthquake. I finally get outside, but by the time I get outside to check out shit, like it's it's not happening anymore. Yeah. And I'm trying to call Daryl, and I can't get him, so I'm freaking out. And I finally get a text message through, and he's like, "It's Osama okay? bin Laden. He's back. <laughs> he's back. He's come with the Kraken. <laughs> the Kraken." <laughs> um, but everything was cool. So, but like once everything was fine, it was like, "Oh, that oh was gosh. an earthquake." It was kind of exciting. I was like, "How is it a fucking earthquake?" Yeah, sweet. <laughs> so, um, so then, then we, we, we also had, the had hurricane. So, so look, but that wasn't much of a hurricane. It wasn't much of an earthquake. I'm sorry. It was for me. I never met like, one. No, that shit was crazy, yeah, dude. Yeah, it was. It was. You say it was a big earthquake in that it was an earthquake. But it was. There was like no significant damage. Like fucking. I lived in Southern California. I was living in California in 1989 in the middle of the World Series when there were earthquakes that were leveling freeways. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm. That's pro- for serious. But yeah. the, the first like 12 years of my life, I lived in Arizona and California. Okay. All right. So I, I can see why for you. Yeah. It would be earthquakes like that. are, and and I'm not saying that that desensitized me to the point where I didn't feel this one, you know, and and that I wouldn't have been mildly startled to go, holy shit, that was an earthquake, but like. But coming from a place where, like, sure. you, not only have you never been in one, but like, sure, you have so, no concept, and of one. it's so outside of the realm of possibility. Exactly. Like, 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 like I literally, until Daryl told me that's what had happened, because I didn't have, I, I don't have like the news. Yeah. I don't watch the news. It would be like, like as likely as having an avalanche. Exactly. Yeah, like, like I said, like summer. that's why yeah, I sure. thought my fucking refrigerator was blowing up. Yeah, that was okay. more no, likely than that. an earthquake. <laughs> I get that. So, so then we had Hurricane Irene, which was going to destroy the world. Yep. Um, they shut down theme parks, shut the New York City subway. Everything, everything, everything was shut closed, down. and 
And again, it was raining. It was, it was a it was a non-event here. Yeah. And, and for the most part, it was a non-event. Is like, that so? It wasn't much of anything else. Well, it, it well? did stuff. I mean, it, it flooded. Oh, there are pictures in New York that are kind of impressive. That like parts the lower Manhattan is like parts of the river like ended up the streets got flooded a little bit, oh, really? which is big. But I mean, they you know it was not like the end of Deep Impact, which is what they made it <laughs> right. seem like it was going to like going to be. It was like. I, I was expecting Taylor Leone to be out there on a beach. You know? <laughs> <laughs> why does David do company have a sex addiction? Um, why? Because <laughs> um, uh, he's married to Taylor Leone. Whatever. She is I so no, hot. I, I just, the things was, you do to her. Don't even it was, lie. A, it was a cheap shot. I love Taylor Leone. I think she's beautiful. Um, so uh, especially in Deep Impact. I actually really like her in that film. I think the hottest I think she is is in Bad Boys. Uh, she's anyway. good. She's good in bed, but I like Deep Impact. Actually, I know you did. It was horrible because it hurts to yeah, watch. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you like it? Everything doesn't work out. Everybody fucking dies. Everything Call it does a work movie. out. They save the world. Bullshit. We will rebuild. They. Some people got to go into caves and not die. That doesn't count as saving. That's not the world. true. Most of the most of the world lives. That is not even true. What it's movie were you true. watching? It, they, it flooded up the coast into the Appalachians, and that was it. Like like the the entire Midwest and in the West Coast. All the characters are like one that you're following die. It's terrible. The president lives. Whoop de fucking do. Of and, course and, the president and lives. Elijah, they always had a plan for him. Elijah, I was going to say Elijah J. Whitney, but that's anything goes. Elijah Wood lives. <laughs> um, I played Elijah J. Whitney forever ago. Anyway. Um, uh, so, yeah. I actually saw Conspiracy recently, and that was also another bummer movie. Um, so, yeah, we had that. We also had Locusts. Locusts showed up this week. Really? So we had earthquakes, hurricanes, and locusts. So and seriously, this 2012 shit's for real, right? Yeah, it's like it's all gonna end. <laughs> shit's happening. Yeah, um, look out. So that was surprising. I, I, I must have missed the locusts. I went, Holy shit! Yeah, I, I like drove home and there are locusts everywhere. I'm like, this is nuts. Ew! I hate that. How did this happen? Um. So I uh, so I have also I have a, some a little bit of news in terms of Star Trek for me. Um, I uh, my wife has returned to work after being on maternity leave, and while she was on maternity leave, I did almost nothing with my newborn baby. Um, to make things easier, I went out with the five year old all the time, like taking him out, trying to make sure that he doesn't feel like uh, like he doesn't feel like the arrival of the baby has slighted him. So okay. it was like, let's go to the King's Dominion. Let's go to this. Let's go to that. Let's go to this. Let's go to movies. Let's go to parks. I took care of him. She took care of the new baby. Uh-huh. She returned to work and our um, five-year-old, we were not expecting to send him to kindergarten and then we ended up doing so. And so he ended up going to kindergarten. So I'm finding myself alone with a baby okay, for like seven hours a day. And that coincides with Star Trek arriving on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I have been watching like... I look. I love Star Trek. Clearly, I have an encyclopedic knowledge of Star Trek. I love it, but I've not watched this much Star Trek in years. <laughs> in years, and I'm going through. I, I'm actually watching some Voyager. Watching the Voyager I know to be like okay, because mm. um, a lot of Voyager is not. No, and I'm it, getting ready to start it. So, um, yeah. and I'm watching uh, um, a bunch of next next gens. The nice thing about next gen, I'll say this: you can just jump around to whatever. Like you don't yeah, have to like follow. Yeah, like you don't need to be as plugged into where you are in the story. And you feel like you know we've talked about how oh no big things happen like for Worf and stuff. And you look at it those like Worf episodes where his character progresses. There are like five of them. There really aren't much. Yeah. There's like you meet Kalar, you meet Kalar, uh, you meet you meet Worf's brother, you meet Kalar, Kalar dies, 
there's the two episodes about the the Klingon Civil War, and then in season seven there's an episode with Worf and Alexander. And really, in terms of 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 moving his uh, his character forward with the you know. Yeah, not, he probably grows more on DS9. Yeah, like not much happens, but I I really thought I was going to be watching like 20. I thought there was like a nearly a season scattered throughout the show on it. And there's really not. Hmm. Um but there are I I have discovered I actually like the uh the Wesley return all the Wesley centric episodes after he leaves I enjoy. Like the game. Um and his last one that where he's a main character where they get trapped on the planet and Picard's injured and needs water. And needs to figure that out, and then the game where where uh, Riker brings home like the addicting game from Risa that controls the ship, and oh, Ashley man. Judd is on it, and the one where he's you know where he's on trial with Tom Paris or Robbie Duncan McNeil who who becomes Tom later Paris becomes later, Tom yeah, Paris. Nick Locarno, and and the episode where he's with the uh, the Native American Indians. Um, Side note: Tom Paris not very hot. Just saying. Really. I didn't, he didn't do it for me. Yeah. Um. But you know who does? Who? Trip. Trip. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Can I, I just can we just talk for just one second about how hot that fucking guy is? Uh, I think that you're. I think oh, that I, I think that that you're in the majority there. I think that people. Oh, he is a God. fan favorite, and the guys all like him too. The guys think he's, he's cool. He's fantastic. He was. Like, you know, the more I see of him, the more I'm just like, just it, give me trip after trip you know, after he was, trip. <laughs> he was. He was. He was. He was grading at first. And because the 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 southern boy thing, and but once he played it down, once he look everybody, I, I always found him charming. But go ahead. This first season of Next Gen, most of the characters were grading for me until they found their character. Really? Uh, they're just not the character, especially in rewatching. They're not the characters that I know. You know, it's see that's so weird. Like for me, when I go back and I watch that stuff, it's like it's fun. They are the characters that I know? It's like nostalgia. Like this is the beginning of them. Yeah, but like, it's not it's the beginning. You're supposed to be catching them in their 30s. They're supposed to be like I'm. I'm into it enough where I feel like they're people. And yet when I when I hear uh, Counselor Troy call Commander Riker Bill, I'm like. I can't deal with this. <laughs> I can't handle. Why, why would she do that? She doesn't call him. His name's not Bill. Why would you do this? Don't do um, it. <laughs> so we are talking today uh, about uh, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Oh yeah. Which Can we is, talk about Trip though? Can we do that instead? He has a southern <laughs> accent and abs. And and killer abs. No, I mean he's so sweet. He is a good guy. And he's like a good dude. And he's smart. No, he's an interesting. And I have to say, like when that show started, like. I mean, I had a lot of dislike for T'Pol, but as the show went on, like because of the relationship that they develop between him and her, she becomes more interesting as a result. I just think that she becomes freakish looking. Really? Well, yeah, I mean, there's that. But dude, in in the alternate universe one, she is so hot. It's ridiculous. Talk into this part. I am. Thank you. Um, Made a tongue it again. No. <laughs> yes. Vi- vi- visually <laughs> stimulating things are the perfect thing for this internet radio t- show. People know what tonguing the mic looks like. Think about uh, it. Go ahead. Yes. Take take a take a second. Awesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, picture your own conception. Go. Ew! Ew. What the fuck is wrong <laughs> with you? Um. So uh, when I went to college at first, uh, I was uh, probably the first day that I was there. I got my lunch tray, and somebody had scrawled on the side of it, "Smile, you're the result of an orgasm." <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty clever. I yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> grossed me out. Um, oh, were you were your like sensibilities offended? Uh, it just grossed me out. Um. Anyway. Uh, so Star Trek Deep Space Nine season two. Um, we talked about season one before. You really go, going to talk about it this time? You can go back and listen to season one, but uh, 
but um, there was not a cliffhanger. There was not a. It didn't have the sense of there being a uh, impending doom. Yes. Um, so uh, I'm just gonna uh, take this off of um, big thanks to Johan W. Home. Access for all dot NL. <laughs> what are you saying um, now? Uh, this is this guy's webpage, uh, Wikipedia. You have oh. to click back and forth, click back and forth, and this has it all just in text, which will make it easy. Oh, okay. So uh, uh, I'll just uh, read it. You know what else has your, an episode list? IMDb. I'm just saying. Yeah, but this lists what they're about. That doesn't tell you. The homecoming. Uh, Episode one, the second season of Deep Space Nine began with a three-part episode. In this, the first part, Major Kira learns that a legendary Bajoran leader is still held captive in a Cardassian prisoner of war camp and takes a runabout to free him and the other Bajorans still had held captive. I'm going to read the next two episodes since it's a three-part. Sure, that makes sense. Part two, The Circle. Kira, having been replaced as liaison officer by this new character, Lee Nallis, spends some time with Vedic Burial and has an encounter with an orb before being taken captive by the Circle, which is uh, a bunch of Bajoran terrorists who want outsiders out. The station crew mounts a rescue attempt and learns who is behind the Circle and who is supplying arms to them. And finally, the siege. The Federation is ordered to vacate the station and turn it over to Bajor. Sisko and the crew, unwilling to turn over the sector and wormhole to the Circle and their arms supply stay behind to hold the station long enough to get evidence to the council that would break the rebellion this is the first big like story arc episode yeah. Yeah. Um, and it reveals that not all is right with Vedic Win. it reveals uh, it, yeah, that bitch it, is creepy it reveals that the uh, that the the Bajoran political intrigue is something worth following yep. and you know this this plays all the way into the final episode of the show um, the the seeds the, stri- the, the seeds laid here. And stuff like um, that. yeah. And uh, and I am uh, I I I did not like this when I first watched it. Really, I didn't know what to do with it. It was a three part episode. They've never had one before. It's a first in Star Trek. I mean, I think if I had watched it while it's whilst it was on TV, that would have really upset me because I would have felt. Like, the fuck? Like, now what? That would have been frustrating. Yeah, but when, because well, I had the opportunity yeah. to just watch them back to back to back, what it became well, was by, I have to finish this until I find out what the fuck well, happened. And by the time you watched it, you had seen Lost, you had seen Buffy, you had seen shows where they didn't even say, and now the conclusion. I guess. It was, it, but, like, that's, I feel like that's less to do with it. Yeah, but I'd never, ever seen a show that was three parts ever in my life. The closest I ever got was the two-part Le- Evil Leaper episode of Quantum Leap where the first part was two hours and the second part was one hour. Um, it's the closest I ever got to a three-parter on a show. I didn't watch Dallas. I didn't watch Soaps. Okay, so, well, I watched Soaps, so I was so familiar with it. I had never watched an hour-long an show. ongoing idea. Yeah, I'd never watched an hour-long show where there was to be continued and the, the and the end of the second episode there was, was still to be continued. To be continued. <laughs> I, it, was, it threw me and I didn't like it. And now when I rewatch it, um, uh, in the first in the first season, it's probably my favorite thing, except for the final episode of the first season, um, of the second season. Of the first two seasons is my favorite. Uh, going on invasive procedures. While the station is evacuated due to a space storm, a group of mercenaries led by a Trill named Varad seize the station and force Doctor Bashir to give Dax's symbiote to Varad. That shit's crazy, right? Um, what would be a what would be, in my opinion, a a lackluster episode would is elevated by watching another actor play Dax. Watching this other guy hmm. 
with Jadzia there dying on the table, this other guy coming up to and being okay with it, like still being the same symbiote somehow, and like still being, like yeah. making that connection, like making it okay. Like coming like up, going, do. old man. You watch this guy yeah. come up and go, "Hey, old man," and you're like, "You don't call him. You old don't get man. to call him that. You're, you're a motherfucker. Yeah, you're you know? a monster. Fuck you're a you. bad guy. You know? But like it's still the Dax symbiote. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. Um, and it's the first time that I, I mean, we, you got a hint of that in the first symbiote episode of next gen where they introduced the trill and the trill looked totally different where where Riker is calling her dr beverly <sighs> you know um uh, well, what i think is interesting about this episode especially with the the way they've talked about trills and stuff is that it gives you this insight as to just how much influence the sort of not just the symbiote but the base person has how that how that's really a union like because i think you have a tendency to think when you see when you meet ja, you know jedzia and she's you know dax and it's the same old dax to some extent yeah. like, but there are differences like they don't really talk about it as much i think this is the first episode where you really see it where it's like here is a guy who is just like fucking fucked like he's a bad dude like he's he's really messed in the head and yet with the Dax symbiont, he's making sense of these things and, and these things are okay because it because there's nothing else to do. Like there's not a disconnect there. Now, like, interesting. Interestingly, one of the mercenaries that capture them is Tim Russ, who plays uh, Tuvok. One of his three non Tuvok appearances. Really? Uh, his first one is in the episode of uh, of Next Gen where it's like Die Hard on the ship where Picard is on the ship alone and the three people are trying to steal like the trilithium from the ship and there's like the energy wave moving across tim russ is one of those guys tim russ shows up in generations as just a human bridge officer and then of course he's tuvok um but this is you know there he is again good old tim russ showing up before (laughs) pre-tuvok tim russ um pre-tuvok uh, next one, Cardassians. A Cardassian boy left behind with the Cardassians evacuated Bajor and adopted by a Bajoran family is discovered by Dr. Bashir with the prodding of Garrick. Their investigation in the matter leads to a potential leads to political intrigue involving the boy's real father, Engel Dukat. This one was insane. Well, it talked, you know, it's a... Uh, it was so interesting. This is one of those things, one of those episodes of Star Trek that just really makes you think about the fucked up shit that goes on and like the ramifications of it. Well, yeah, like where you, well, I mean, specifically, you know, the, what is it like for a, a, a white family who adopts a black child and then that child has to grow up outside of his own ethnicity among, uh, you know, what? Worse than that, though, because I think there's an element of, of, of belligerence here. Yeah, that, that, that isn't that really be, true now. Not, but maybe would have been. But true would have been the, at in, some point in the eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Maybe it was more true than it yeah. is. It was much. I remember growing up that the the you know a a half a half black half white child was would kind of had some ostrac- ostracization going it's totally on. Totally a word. Um, <laughs> but now it's it's you know I love that it is it is like you don't think in those terms. You, no, it's not a big deal. You, you know, I mean, our president is 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 not entirely. Is not entirely African or yeah. African American. Our, our, you know, Halle Berry isn't. You don't think in those Tiger Woods. Isn't, you don't think in that. You just think, you know, they're people and they do stuff. Yeah. Well, and this, what's great about this though is it's not just this difference. It's not like a different. Yeah. I mean, it's a. It's a different race. Like they're certainly not even. But that's. But they're they're speaking in allegory, and I think. But that, I think what's great about it is that it's like they're. It's worse than that. It's a a worrying. You know, there's 
an attitude towards Cardassians on Bajor. Yeah. Of a legitimate one. A legitimate one of hatred because they were oppressed for so long. And this and for this Bajoran family to take this kid in and this kid to like literally yeah. hate his own kind. Well it, like it would it would it would be like it would nuts. be like in a, 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 a Palestinian a Palestinian family you know, a Palestinian family uh, adopting an Israeli boy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is I've always felt that that the Israel and Palestine thing was, you know, it was part the Holocaust, part Israel and Palestine. The the Cardassian Bajoran thing was always sort of an allegory. They would use it to tell different stories about that. Yeah. Um, but in this case, yeah, really compelling. And of course, du- Golducott using the boy to advance himself politically. And of you course, because he's a fucking all, prick. all that stuff. But it's uh, again. You know, we went through season one and I was having problems with episodes like move along home and shit like that. And you get this to is so much more. You get to this. And that, this yeah. is, you know, we've just done inv- th- these first five episodes. Now the circle trilogy, the siege and invasive procedures. Um, and now uh, Cardassian it just strong. Yeah. And to think we're not even as strong as DS9 is going to get. And it's still it's still so good. And you compare it to some of the second season crap of next gen. You know, like Wesley, you know, Dr. Pulaski is oh God, growing old too her. fast. She's and already old. Star Wesley's been captured with some other kids and oh. Data wants to play a video game. You know, this is this is so. <laughs> the one where Wesley gets captured with the kids is actually a compelling. Episode. It's OK, but not like this. This is. This is the this I is I mean it's bringing up moral issues. It's I mean obviously it's not an, of And it's so same. well liked. I mean already Garak seems like a fully realized character. Golducott seems like a fully realized character. They don't, you know. Yeah, they're very nuanced. Yeah. Um Melora, a disabled cartographer arrives at DS9 and becomes romantically involved with Dr. Bashir. Meanwhile, Quark runs into an old acquaintance who is out for revenge. I remember this. She was I loved this episode because why? Why? Cuz it was Julie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's okay. It's not hard hitting. It is an interesting. It's not, and she's actually somewhat irritating. This could be colored by the fact that I wanted to marry Julian Bashir. Yeah. Still, she was she's attractive enough, but like, she, just the way she would be like, I want to do it all myself, and like kind of be stubbornly prideful was at times grating. Rules of acquisition. The Ferengi Grand Nagus Zek comes to the station to give Quark the opportunity of a lifetime, negotiating on his behalf with the Dazai, a new race in the Gamma Quadrant with a passion for profit that rivals the Ferengi. Meanwhile, Quark finds himself with the new assistant, Pell, who has a terrible secret. Do you remember what her secret was? Yes, that she was a she. And she's that not That episode was fantastic. I loved it. First of all, because it's the first time, is it the first time we see Zek or was that an episode, or was that in season one? Uh, no, I think the, the Nagus is, is in is season, in season one. one. Yeah. I just, I love him though i love wallachon he's fantastic and uh the fact that she's a girl is and the fact that she was a girl like i love that what's great too is like when you're watching the episode i don't know about you but when i was watching the episode i knew right away that that was a woman like yeah it was absolutely obvious to me and i didn't know if it was a choice or if you know what i mean like i didn't know if it was just like they wanted to use a female actress and they felt she was manly enough for like what the deal was and then when it was finally revealed that it was a plot point that it was part of it I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Like, she's actually got, like, like ear prosthetics to make yeah. herself look like... To, I mean, it's fucking... What is that movie with... Um, Victor Victoria or no, Tootsie? Tootsie. No, no, no. What? No. Just one of the guys? Just one of the guys is one of them. Uh, but I'm thinking... I'm the thinking other way more, around. I'm thinking more... Um, uh, oh, Boys more Don't hardening. Cry? 
No. It's a classic with Barbara Streisand. I don't know what you're talking about. Are you kidding? What? Uh, yokel or? Yeah. Yes. Yentl? Yentl. Okay. It was so Yentl. I love, I love how we've just pointed out how many movies like this there are. I know. Like, there are like, several. Boys Don't Cry? Tootsie? Just one of the guys? No, Boys Don't Cry Victor, isn't accurate. Victor Victoria? It's, and neither you know. is Victor Victoria. The only one that is just just one of the guys is somewhat, is somewhat um, similar. What, is, what other important thing happens in this episode? Do you know? Do you know what other insanely important thing happens in this episode? Because Quark comes up against a roadblock when he's trying to do business with this. Oh, because of the um, the Dominion. That's the first it's mention. The first mention of the Dominion. There's just a mention that if you want to do business with anyone here, you have to clear it with the Dominion. And then they just drop it. Yeah. They just not, drop it. They just deal. say the Dominion. They don't explore what the Dominion is. They don't. They just say Dominion. And I love that. I love that that it's such a it's such I I can hear you on the mic uncapping the vodka, but they I love that they that? that's more vodka for you. They just come <laughs> straight out and they and 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 they don't they they don't make it overt. They just go here Dominion and let it drop. And I love that. That's something that that they did on Next Gen. It's one of my favorite things they did on Next Gen, which is you had. A Romulan plot early on in uh, in the uh, third season of fourth season of Next Gen, and there's this uh, this shadowy female Romulan figure in the background, and it's Denise Crosby's voice, but you don't recognize it mm-hmm. um, because it ends up being. I think the first one is where they capture Jordy and they make him try to assassinate someone on the Enterprise by brainwashing him, and Vicious. and where they just sort of like have something, they just drop it in there. And it's leading up to something bigger. So, and you don't realize at the time. You certainly don't like, especially with the in the case of the Dominion. I think it's you know you have no idea what they are. They could they be knew- a trade commission. They could you know what I mean? Like you don't really know the relevance of it by any stretch. So it's a pretty good episode, but it's important for, for doing that. this important thing. Well, I see that. So yeah. so the women's rights thing and the fact that she was awesome. I said it was a pretty. Woman. I said it was a pretty. That good part episode. wasn't that big a deal, but really the Dominion is the important part. Outside. Listen, <laughs> out, outside of of the good things that make it a good episode on its own, it's not important to the arc of the series, except for the fact that it mentions the Dominion. It's a one off. And I, I don't know, because I definitely I think it has I think it gives you like her the insight, way he interacts with her. Sure. Gives you some insight into Quark. The it fact makes him that, deeper than you would really have thought. And, and he ends up being a very progressive friend. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. Necessary evil. Oh, I like this. Um, an assault on Quark is tied to a murder investigation started years ago by Odo when he first became the station's constable when the station was still under Cardassian rule. The episode is well filmed and the story within the story of the old investigation is well integrated into the story of investigation to Quark's assault. It's the first time you really get a, a hint as to kind of the harder, older Odo and what he used to be like when he was under the Cardassians. How he was fair, but he's not the lovable Odo that you know now. And yeah, I mean, and I that, that Odo that. has a darker past. I just enjoyed, and you also, I think this is the first time you see the station under Cardassian rule. Yeah, I feel like it is that you see what it was like when it used to be the way it used to be. And I think it's kind of cool to see that difference yeah. because it it's pretty stark. It's dark, and it's the kind of episode you wouldn't see on Next Gen very often, um, because it's the kind of episode that Gene would not have liked. You think it's really dark? So that doesn't make it like it's Gene. It's, it's not optimistic at all. 
It's a pessimistic episode. But it's not, though, because it's talking about the past. That's not where we are right now. Uh, I, I think that Gene... Do you know Gene, what I'm saying? I think like, most of DS9, Gene would not have approved of. Really? Oh, yeah. He didn't like Star Trek Six because it was too dark. Really? Oh, yeah. No, that, the writers have come out and said they hated they hated Gene's rules. That, that what, what were these rules? Oh, there was a Bible of what you could and could not do. That the human characters could never have conflict with one another. Really? How do you write a dramatic show where nobody has conflict with one another? Um, there could never be greed. There could never be war. There could never be hunger. There could never be problems. We've evolved beyond that. And Next Gen pulled it off in, a lot in we go help people who have those problems. Right. And we look down on them for having those problems. They don't look down they on do. for Picard, those problems. They do. Picard, oh, like, look up the, the Kesprit, the over and over and over again there's always like i you can't be part of the federation because you don't have your shit worked out yet because <laughs> you don't have your shit together <laughs> um whereas ds9 Dreadfully sorry chap i i mean look it's i think that 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 ds9 i like what ds9 does it says no not everybody's perfect still a good world it's still a, a that perfection's worth it's still a more for. progressive world well and what they do is they is they go back and they 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 look down on that perfect world when they talk about earth they talk about earth like it's a paradise so they say that yes on earth what things are awesome on on earth what gene said is true out here it's not so true but we look at earth as being yes earth has been perfected so that's how they kind of walk around gene's rules but that's the thing i kind of always felt that was the case even gene was a shitty writer gene was gene had very few like things that were good that he wrote he was he was a world crafter, and what he was. We ta- we talked about this before. Yeah, I mean, I just I feel like it's why Star I never. Trek, I always felt like that was the case in Star Trek. Like the reason the Star- shit was worked out on Earth is because we've got our shit figured out, and now we go out into the world, and and in the rest of the universe, shit's not that easy. It's not that pat. The cage and Star Trek the motion picture are what Gene wanted Star Trek to be. That's Gene's vision of Star Trek. And to a lesser extent, the morality tale of Encounter at Farpoint. He didn't want, he didn't like Star Trek Two. He did. He he thought it was too militaristic. That the costumes were too militaristic. That it was. He wanted it was. He was an absolute pacifist, and he was a great world builder. But he, how do you write a show, a drama with no conflict? It was very hard to do. Now, what the thing that he did well is he surrounded himself with good writers that because they were in that box, they worked really, really, really hard to not be in that box. And the problem ended up being with both, I think one of the reasons that, that Voyager and Enterprise don't stand up to DS9 and and uh, Next Gen and the original series is because they don't, uh, they don't have to be... Um, they they stopped having an excuse to not be in that box. Janeway is not a Roddenberry-ish character. Um, and they could have done it. They could have had the conflict between Starfleet and the Maquis the entire time on the ship and said Starfleet is Gene people and Maquis is not Gene people and they don't get along. Um, but instead, like the ship, the, Janeway is a morally dubious character. She really is. She makes just, she d- d- throws a prime directive out the window to get people home. Yeah. Um, she is corrupting. Well, that's the thing that I find that, that's interesting about Enterprises because there isn't a prime directive. There is. Well, that's the thing. They, that's how they got out of it. But they didn't have the challenge of writing the interesting stories. That's that, not true. 
they didn't like ha- they're faced with that shit there just isn't something to call it like and they have yeah. to and they and they sometimes do f- like i mean i really think that show is underrated like they really do some fucked up shit on that show yeah like and they know it like that's the thing about it they don't just go yeah but it's okay like they're conflicted by it sure and, and are like we don't really have a choice it's like this or the whole earth is over. Like, yeah, but Gene Gene would not have approved of that. Gene would not have approved of a show where that happened. He would not have wanted to show that part of humanity. He would not want. He would not. Even have, though it's the beginning, it's the start. I mean, yeah, I feel like because they. That's cause not they, a story he really, wanted to tell. That's not a story he wanted to tell. He didn't want to tell about the flawed humanity. He wanted to but tell they about are, how great that's just we are. Like he's talking about how great we are, but like now they're out in the world and things aren't as easy that's as Gene, like Gene wanted it to be. That's what I'm saying. Is that is that the writers constantly complained about about running into the wall of the genes rules really yeah but i mean they it's it was working around those that got you insanely awesome episodes where where you had to deal with more philosophical things like the inner light you know that that you get those episodes and you get all of deep space nine where you go yes earth is awesome and it's worth fighting for and then they go down darker paths and i don't think the gene was right I think that Gene's version. Uh, I think it's a good jumping off point. Like I, I, I it is a good jumping. I think off it's point. more a it question a, of. I mean, it's it, an insanely good jumping off point. Yeah, I agree with it's, you. It's a I question of. With you. Like I think, how can we even be out in space if we don't have our own shit together? Like, and the idea of, like, that's what I think is interesting about like Enterprise versus some of the other ones. Like, there's a a lot of them wanting to help people. Sure. Like, because they just don't get it yet do you know what i mean yeah like they they we just we figured all our shit out and we assume everybody else out in space has their shit figured out and and is like us like do you know what i mean and one of the things like, i did like it one thing is i will give to voyager is that because uh janeway is a morally dubious character um they do occasionally mention voyager we've heard about you you've wreaked havoc across this quad they say that a lot yeah they go everybody's heard of them because they've fucked over a lot of people really and and she's like well i didn't mean to we weren't we weren't trying to do that shit we just did it and (laughs) sorry um but there yeah and let's move on second sight cisco falls for a beautiful and mysterious woman who happens to very closely resemble the wife of a scientist visiting the station i kind of remember that episode uh sanctuary a group of refugees from the other side of the wormhole arrive at the station seeking a mythical planet which they which they happen to believe is bajor um this is uh i remember this episode what was two things interesting about this episode is one it had the uh the uh matriarchal society where the women were in oh, charge oh right right yeah. the women's were in charge i remember um, it had the 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 now unfortunately deceased andrew koenig um the son of of walter koenig who uh, was boner on on uh on growing pains oh really um uh as one of the kids um and uh it was interesting and an interesting episode, but it felt a little next Jenny and what the fuck does that even, like I, when you say that shit, it sounds so talking to the front of the mic and don't, what it are you sounds doing? So like you're mean. It's, I don't mean it to be mean. It's just like, it's, <laughs> it's not like what such I was a thi- Like it's uh, so next gen. It's just, you no, know, like think about that. Let statement. me put it this way. <laughs> it, I could see this episode being that Picard arrives to resolve this dispute, and then the episode proceeds in almost exactly the same way as they arrive. So you on mean the there's nothing about it 
that is distinctly to do with the characters of of Deep Space Nine. Which I guess, which I guess it doesn't have to be. But like again, the reason I love DS Nine as I love it is because of the way it is. Because I I like watching shows in season one that play out for me in season seven. I like the long haul. Anyway, moving on. Um, Whatever. It was a good episode. Uh, to say. I I would like to submit for this one time that every episode I ever name I that I ever have you, to you they're all tens. They're all tens. No, they're not all tens, but they're all at least above a five. Yeah, I'm not saying it's below a five, but I'm saying it, 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 it comparatively it doesn't stand up to the other ones. Compa- okay, then what would your numbers be, Mister Man? I say that they're all. I'd say they're all above a seven, especially after season two, season two and forward on DS9. Most I love them. I love them. 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 But I have to rank them in some way. I have to go. I can't just go. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's you know great. what I'd like to submit? What? Suck it. I would like to submit that you've had a little too much to drink, and you're sitting back, just laying down on the couch. And so, what do you give a fuck? Your feet. You're taking up seventy five percent of the couch. Whatever. Um, it's no. your couch. You get it all the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, <laughs> rivals. A con man opens up a new gambling parlor on board Deep Space Nine in direct competition with Quarks, and Quark is none too happy about it. Meanwhile, the crew of the station attempts. Oh, is this the one with Chris Sarandon in it? Yes. Oh, I like this one. I just yes. like it because it has Chris Sarandon in it. Because yeah, I, I had such a crush on him in Fright Night. Oh, my gosh. Sexiest vampire ever, potentially. Yeah, but he will, to me, he will always be. He will always be. Humperdink. <laughs> Humperdink. Not a great episode. Uh, no, I, I guess, see, this, I, this I'm with you on. Like, it was an entertaining episode, but it's not particularly hard-hitting. It's not, you know, it's not dealing with diverse moral issues. It's it's a fun episode. And, I mean, there's a minorly, like, should you aspect to it, but not really deep. Um, the scientist who found Odo finds similar DNA traces on another planet, and he and Odo bring back a life form with similar shape-changing abilities. But the life form dies on the station, and shortly thereafter, strange things begin to happen, which indicate a hostile alien life form is loosed on DS9. I think that that ends up being it's Odo, it's Odo right? subconsciously attacking attacking everybody. attacking his old teacher or yeah, Doctor like Mora, the Doctor Mora. Guy. Yeah, um, I like Doctor Mora a lot. Um, plus that actor shows up all over Star Trek, especially on Next Gen. Really? He is everywhere. Um, I like that for some reason. There's something about like being able to find those guys, like Jeffrey Combs and or the guy who plays Martok. James Cromwell. Yeah. And, yeah, like that's that's just fun. Yeah. Um, Although, tu- can I say when it, when in the the episode, I guess the the alternate universe one where they show first contact and he like all of a sudden just like shoots the Vulcan, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's cool. I was like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. My mind was fucking blown. That's dude. pretty fun. Um, uh, Doop-a-doop-a-doop-a-doo. Uh, Armageddon game. O'Brien and Dr. Bashir are sent to help the Talani and, Kaler- and, and Kelleran races destroy a biological weapon that was used in their formerly, formerly endless war. But O'Brien gets infected and both are trapped on a desolate planet when the two formerly warring races unite to kill the two of them. Now, what I like about this episode... It's the first episode where Brian uh, O'Brien and Bashir really start to bond. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be a throwaway episode, except almost any episode with Bashir and O'Brien as the focus, I, I'm in. I like watching those two guys. I do too. I love them. Those, They're so cute. Those two guys in the same episode. First of all, I like Bashir. He was my favorite character. I, th- I would say that... 
Really? For a while. High five. He's That's not. Awesome. He's not now, but okay. I'm just saying the fact that you even had that thought makes me feel closer. Well, to sure, you. Uh, it's because he was <laughs> cool. But 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 I like O'Brien a lot, um, and the two of them together, they're my favorite couple on the show. <laughs> um, they are adorable. Their little bromance is fantastic. Um, the whispers. I. Uh, oh, this is great if i this is the one i remember and i think it is o'brien returns to the station after discussing security arrangement with the pardassans a race besieged by by a civil war who are planning a peace conference at the station however o'brien finds everyone on ds9 acting weirdly and begins to suspect they've been taken over by someone or something that wants to destroy the conference is this the oh, one this where, is the one where it's him isn't it where yeah. he's like some kind of a clone or yeah. and, and it's like know. you don't know until the end because you're seeing it through his eyes and yeah. it's like fucked up um, yeah, I like when they do this. I like when they fuck with your perception and and just like turn you on your ass. Like that's fantastic. That's a great episode. There's so many of these are great episodes. Paradise. Cisco and O'Brien find a lost colony ruled by a woman who's militantly anti-technology. Remember this where they like? Oh they yeah, this is the one where he locks Cisco in the in the fucking, the fucking box, like the yeah. box, man. And it's like, dude. Yeah. You got to sweat it out in the box. Yeah, and you know what? It is. It's compelling. It's a compelling drama, especially because when you find out, like, for her, she was always this way, and she's like forced the rest of them into it, and they don't really know, and it's just like, yeah, it's really fucked up. Like, cause she means well, yeah, but, but it ain't right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not okay. Shadow play. Dax and Odo find a previously unknown planet whose inhabitants are mysteriously and literally disappearing. Meanwhile, Cisco arranges for Jake to be apprenticed to O'Brien in preparation for his attending Starfleet Academy. I don't remember this. I vaguely remember the apprenticeship. Oh, part. I do. I do. I know shadow play because the the really is this the one really? Oh my god! Seriously? Can you just sit up? Can you just grow up? It, really? You're you're straddling me. I am okay. Now that's just <laughs> ridiculous. If I was straddling you, trust me, you'd know it. I I know it. Stop, <laughs> Stop it. You're such a baby. Okay. Um. Uh. It's just a little leg. It's not gonna bite you. The uh the the hook of this episode is the end. You find out that it's they're all holograms. Okay, that's and, what and I thought this was. Is, it's the, the thing one. Is failing, the yeah. thing is failing. Only one dude, the really yeah. old dude, who's like the father of the matriarch of yeah. society, is real, and he lost everybody. So it's a great mystery. It's a great mystery, yep. and I love it. Um, and the fact that they are able to do something about it is is nice. And at the end, they all have to deal with the fact that they're sentient holograms. The yep. first time you the see that. The first time you see that. Yeah. Um, actually, no, it's not. I'm sorry. I lied. Uh, no. Moriarty. You're right. Yep. You're right. You're right. Uh, playing God before trills are merged, initiates are evaluated by older, more experienced trills to determine if they are fit for merging. Dax is assigned an initiate named Arjun for evaluation, and neither quite knows what to expect or how to handle the situation. Meanwhile, while flying a runabout through the wormhole, Dax and Arjun encounter a strange phenomena, which they phenomena, which they bring <laughs> back to the station and later to. To discover it's a proto universe which is expanding and will soon destroy the station unless kill they them destroy all. it. Um, here is now the Trill Initiate stuff. I guess that's okay, and that is compelling drama. It's interesting. As the a, guy was a bit irritating, though. If, here's the thing: it would have been its own good episode, but the other compelling, the the universe story is so compelling that it's 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 it overshadows the other one because the idea of this universe is going to kill us. Like, do we kill them? Is that right? Is but, that okay? But, but we are probably killing worlds. We are annihilating. And the name of the episode is Playing God. Yep. Um, it is it is an it's a astounding concept. And like, I, f- I feel like somebody at some point during the episode makes uh, the 
the connection or, you know, sort of like is it's the same as like destroying an anthill. And but is it? No. You know, like it and it's it's not though, because it's it it holds potentially sentient life. Like and murdering yeah. billions. Yeah, literally, and, it, it's, and it's is why it okay I, because if because it's not you? It's why I enjoy uh, sci-fi and Star Trek in particular is because that's a story you can't tell on Friends. Agreed. Yeah, that's no a, way. That's a mm-hmm. that's a story that can only exist in this hypothetical future situation. So yep. I, I dig it. Blood Oath. Oh boy, three old familiar yes, Klingon faces yes, in yes. Star Trek universe meet at DS Nine, and they have to go kill some dude, and Dax wants to go with them because she. And they're not necessarily on. certain if they want her to come. I dig this episode. That episode was great because it's so Klingon. You learn so much about Dax. Yeah. You learn about Dax's character metamorphizes on that episode. Dax, so up to this point, is a scientist and very feminine. There's nothing warrior like about her. They've never. They've never. I don't know if I'd call her very feminine, but she's not. She's certainly not warlike at all. From this episode she's certainly forward, not that strong. From this episode forward, she is a different character. After this, they're like, you know yes, what? Yes, she's certainly more fierce. After she this is episode. a fierce warrior from this point forward. She's certainly more Klingon than anyone else. Yeah, and before this, you never would have had a you know. Yeah. They retcon her, and I'm fine with it. Um, I yeah. also love the choice of the three Klingons because they were three original series Klingons, mm-hmm. and they're so much fun. Like yeah, their camaraderie awesome. is fantastic. Um. I'm going to move on because we're running along. Uh, the Maquis, parts one and two. Um, uh, essentially, um, there is a former uh, a Starfleet officer who is helping the Maquis. We learn who the Maquis are. They're the rebels who are sort of hinted at in the in the episode of um, of Next Gen, uh, where Wesley ends up with the Native Americans. They are essentially the humans who are stuck on the Cardassian side of the new border that was drawn after the right. war and they don't dig that the Cardassians are in charge of their planet so they're essentially terrorists okay yeah um and you learn they about their them. worlds back um it's a compelling episode it's an okay episode the maki gets much more interesting it is but it's the beginning of that it's you know well, the it's, idea it's setting up voyager i mean that's what it's doing is it really yeah, i mean that, is that that's why yeah that's why they were doing it yeah that's why that that it's voyager segue yeah, it is a Voyager segue episode. In the same way that the Bajorans and Cardassians suddenly became very important around season four of DS uh, Next Gen. They're like, look at these guys. These guys have always, we've been in a bloody war with the Cardassians forever. You've never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> but they're really, it's a terrible war. Really Millions died on Millions. both sides. I guess the idea is that maybe they've been like four years of negotiations or something. Yeah, you know, <laughs> or whatever reason, the Federation flagship was not needed when that was going on. <laughs> Um, you know, they got other Federation yeah. ships. The Wire. It's about Enterprises voyages. Dr. Bashir must find a way to save his Cardassian friend, Garrick, who is suffering from great pain caused by a device implanted in his brain by Cardassian intelligence. I don't remember this. Um, I remember. But we can skip to the because next. it's Bashir. We can skip to the next one. Fine. You didn't like it very much, but for the record, just, it was a good episode. I'll just tell you the name of the next one. You'll tell me why I want to skip to it. Crossover. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, because it's... It's been a while since I've watched all of Next Gen as well. I need to. I'm. I'm, I'm watching. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's pretty much what I do. Always yeah. watch Star Trek at this juncture, but I'm in Enterprise right now. Yeah. Um, I feel like I. I can't recall if they ever did a crossover episode. Nope. In Next Gen. Okay, that's nope. what I think. I thought the first time it, they returned to it was in DS9, and they were like, episode. "Wouldn't it be compelling to see what happened to that alternate universe?" Because it's a little bit naive to assume. 
that everything was okay. That everything was okay. And the thing is, Spock did turn good, and then that was disastrous. Yeah, or just that even that would be enough. Like the idea, the very basis of this alternate universe is that it isn't. I mean, it couldn't be more different yeah. from ours. Like, and, yet, and so and yet making exact, a minor except change, it's exactly the same as ours, right? To some extent, that's like, what's awesome. Here's about what's it. interesting about it because if you think about it, like in scientific terms, right? Like the idea that certain uh, people or ideas are, you know, fucking elements gravitate toward one another like conceptually that makes sense so like it would make sense that the same yeah. kinds of people would group up and be together but that they wouldn't be the same as they are here no it's interesting it, what's what's interesting um about about this universe the there was a book called dark mirror that is worth a read it's a fun now it doesn't jibe at all with ds9 it happened before ds9 Really? Um, so DS9 completely annihilates the book that makes, you know, that. Is this a part of like Star Trek? It's Next Generation. Yeah, it's a Next Generation it's novel. Next gener- okay, um, and if you're willing to let go everything that happened in DS9, because be it doesn't jibe with it at all. Really? But it was at the time before I watched DS9 an interesting read. So yeah. I, I dig that. Dark Mirror, you say it's called? Yes. The Collaborator. Vedic Wynn and Vedic Brile are both in line to be the new Kai of Bajor. Choosing the, the choosing of the new Kai is only days away when Vedic Wynn comes to Deep Space Nine with a startling revelation for Kira Norris. Her friend and lover, Vedic... Oh, this is a misprint. It says, her friend and lover, Vedic Wynn. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just imagine yeah. that? I'm sorry, this is like the opening scene. I don't want to. Be like, it'd be her walking to Louise Fletcher, walking up to, <laughs> to not a visitor and be like, child... Would you like no. to have sex? Her, <laughs> her friend and lover, Vedic Burial, may have been a collaborator with the Cardassians and may have been responsible for the massacre of over 40 Bajorans. Um, just another Bajoran intriguing, yep. and she becomes Kai Wynn at the end. And it's fucked um, up. And it's it's just an intriguing episode. Not a, a great episode. doesn't stand up to the greatest of the episodes, but I always feel like these Bajoran episodes are never that great on their own. But they are the but ch- cumulatively. Yes, they yeah. are. They're the each one is the movement of the chess pieces, and in that made them. When I first watched them, I always didn't like the Bajoran episodes until really? until I saw how it pl- played out at the end. Okay. And then now rewatching them, I like them so much more because it's I'm watching the chess pieces move, mm-hmm. and I see I know where the game is going. Yeah. And when I didn't know the, where the game was going, I was like, let's get back to the aliens, you know. <laughs> but this was I don't care about all this fucking politics and shit. Um. The thing is, is that it, it the show is so well constructed that it they, I now like these episodes better than episodes I liked the first time I watched them because mm. I do like them like cumulatively. I, it's yeah, exactly correct. it's interesting. Tribunal. Miles and Keiko leave for vacation on a runny runabout. Before they get very far, the runabout is intercepted by Golovec on a Cardassian warship. Instead of the relaxing vacation, Miles finds himself taking Cardassia Prime to stand trial for smuggling weapons to the Maquis. This is fascinating. Because we're on Cardassi Prime, we see their legal system. We see I know, the, which is fucked up, right? Like, like you're like you're guilty. You're guilty. Well, it wouldn't be fair. I love they go. It wouldn't be fair to put the innocent on trial, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, like, so it's really a formality. Yeah. Um. It is. It is a. I. I love. Look, I love legal potboilers. I love that shit. I love. Yeah. I love a time to kill, even shitty ones like the like the Rainmaker. You know. Um. It Did was, you see the Lincoln lawyer? That shit was awesome. I heard it was good. They're all the thing is they're so formulaic and they're all over dramatic and they're not how things really work. And they're even fucking liar liar 
which 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 at its base is a legal pot boiler and it's it's the it's it's you put people in in front of a trial and they're given dramatic testimony and i'm just like (gasps) it's amazing i've never watched law and order um really because i think i would love because every episode is that right yeah you would love it um i love few good men I i love all that shit I remember one time in high school, we actually got to do a mock trial. Oh, yeah. I love doing that. I and did I that too. loved it. I was a witness. And I was a really good witness. My cousin Megan <laughs> Tim Payne won, uh, uh, who was in Ninjas vs. Zombies. She was the, the, the bitchy box office worker. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that's my cousin Megan. And she just cool. won. She did a mock trial and like is a national champion now. Wait, wait, they have like national level yeah, like, mock like, trials? Like like forensics. For, forensics. Uh, um, olympics or something yeah. really that is fucking fascinating yeah and she is she is yeah she's awesome Finally, i want to do that that's the cool. final episode of ds9 the gem hadar oh, holy holy fucking shit. shit this changes everything um we meet the we we meet uh the um well just read it cisco plans to take jake on on a field trip to a small quiet planet on the other side of the wormhole so jake can work on a science project jake asks if nog can join them and nog also has a science project to do quark sees the opportunity to tag along ostensibly as nog's guardian but with his own plans for convincing cisco to allow quark to advertise on the station's monitors um is that the one with, come to quarks quarks is fun quarks you know don't walk run <laughs> yes. um so funny the field trip is interrupted by eris who is escaping from the Jem'Hadar members of the dominion soon cisco quark and eris find themselves prisoners of the dominion while jake and nog try to get back to ds9 to get a rescue party the dominion attacks the party and even destroys the galaxy class vessel the uss odyssey holy shit when i saw this yeah. episode i had never seen anything like it on Star Trek. It surprised me. The turnabout that she was really uh what was Wayun was a Vorta. Vorta. The fact that she's a Vorta, the fact that the fact that she has mental powers and can do telekinesis, we'll just ignore it because we never ever see it again. I know, right? Um uh, it's not important. Not the Jemadar are as scary as the Borg in a different way. Yep. Um they are I think the thing that's scary about them and the thing that's scary at the Borg is it, it if you boil it down it's, it's sort of the same thing. It's their focus. Yeah. There's one thing that is they're like what they do. Yeah. You know, for the Borg it's assimilation. But for, these, for them but it's these fr- guys have personalities and victory. these guys in, are in their own way sure, honorable. But I'm saying but but to them victory is life. Yeah. Um uh, she is so conniving and then that last battle when they were retreating and for no fucking reason they slam the ship and do a kamikaze into the galaxy class starship and blow it up i was just like holy the fuck shit. just happened what just happened to my star trek <laughs> they i've never seen anything and then they go to be continued and you're just like oh. and from that moment on this it's a different show it's a div- it's a war show from this to the end of season seven and they i just feel like it is such it's a slow burn though it's a slow burn, but which it, I think is great about it. Like, but I it starts with, that. but it starts with an explosion. It starts, no, I mean it starts with a bang, but like as wars go, yeah. Like if you look at the at the arc of it, but that's how wars go. Wars wars aren't two part episodes like the Borg episodes or movies. Wars are four, five, six year events with some big things and a lot of waiting. a lot of like a lot of waiting, a lot of potential, a this, lot of, a lot tension, of that, a lot of tension, a yeah. lot of political intrigue. And it's that's interesting. That's how it is, and it is. Um, and I have to say it's probably the first show that I can think of where I've seen that happen. Yeah. Oh like yeah. Where totally. you see 
the inner workings, the whole arc, the, you know, the talks, the talks that don't work sure. out, the fights, the skirmishes, the, the, the political intrigues, the, the, the moral compromises. Yeah. All that yeah. shit. It's, it's, it's really, it, it gives you a new, I think, I mean, at least gave me like a greater sort of understanding and respect for, for what it must be. Yeah. To actually try to run some shit. Um, like, cause it's not, it's easy to be like at home and be like, well, why don't we just do this? You know, but there's so much more that goes into yeah, it. And it's was, interesting to see all those parts. I was so impressed and so happy with this episode. And this episode really just changed the game. Um, and that's season two, man. That's, that's, you know, some good shit. It went from what it, the show was at season one, which was a pretty good Star Trek show to what the show will be for the rest of the show, which is, nothing that you they take your final frontier and they tear it to shreds and then they rebuild it and then they 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 explore it in ways that you never that you never expected and what i think is cool about it because if you think about it in terms of the of the life cycle of the show like where they are in the timeline like and you look at history it makes sense Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and I like that because history repeats itself. Well, it's just what, because they're in space doesn't make it any different. And so, okay, well, so a bunch of us are on board and we're allies and we're united. Well, it's just what happens. It's but like, shit happens. Well, like we always, well, it's it's what would happen if you suddenly had a gateway into, I mean, it, it's imagine you have a gateway into the middle of a completely different region. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that there would be something in that region as big as you. Yep, and, and they, that, that might not work out okay. Yeah. That you guys may be at odds. You never fucking know. Yeah, and it's it's... Um, and it's how they deal it's with that. The, it's one of the first times that Star Trek really, really, really surprised me. It's not the first. Uh, the death of Tasha Yar was so <laughs> out of the blue. Yeah, that shit um, was just like, what the fuck just happened? The, uh, the, I mean, not even the the revelation of the funnily, funnily, if the the death of Tasha Yar, the revelation of Sila. When she steps out and goes, and humans have a way of showing up when you least expect them, <laughs> you know. Um, there's not a lot, of, even like the end of the inner light where like that's just cumulatively awesome. There aren't a lot of other places ever in Star Trek where they just. Where you just, when, you, when it's over and you're just me. like, where, where I went, what I, the fuck just happened? Yeah. Where you go, yeah. I cannot believe what I just, like even yeah. the death of Spock, they give you time to deal with it and they don't here. They're just like, fucking, we just floored you. We just, we just pulled the rug out of you. There's no, what just happened. It doesn't make sense that somebody would do that. Have a nice fucking summer. (laughs) (laughs) Have fun in the sun, bitches. Yeah. um, And yeah, um, you know, it it would, it would have been what would have happened if, if Picard was captured and became Locutus as the last moment of of that episode. But instead that happens halfway through that episode and then it ends with a great finish. You know, Mr. Worf, fire. You know, that's a great yeah. ending. But this was something different. Um, and it wasn't a cliffhanger. It wasn't like... No, it wasn't. It was definitely... You had a sense of completion. You wanted to know what the fuck. Yeah, you're but like... But like, it's not like... I don't... As I recall, I don't think you get the what the fuck in the very next episode oh, of I, season I feel three. like I feel like it's the announcement of this is going to be a different kind of show. Yeah. Like, we're not... Th- there's no cliffhanger, and yet things are unresolved. So we're going to have to resolve this later, mm-hmm. but there's no imminent thing to resolve. Yes, there's nothing pressing that needs to yeah, be resolved. Yeah, um, and we are going to take time. Mm-hmm. What a fucking great end. So that's it, man. That is that is season two of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Good um, shit. And uh, a lot of vodka has gone from that bottle, man. 
I don't know how that. Oh my god! I yeah. really drink a lot of that shit. Um, so hey, didn't you have some? I'm just saying. I had. I poured a shot and a half into this glass, which I'm still working on. So clearly, like, what needs to happen is you need to catch the fuck up. Uh, I'm not a huge drinker when other people are around. I drink in the dark by myself. Everyone knows this. <laughs> sounds so sad. I know it is sad. It's not true. It's true. It's not true. It is true. It's totally it's true. Not true. It's, it is true. True. <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. It's true. It is true. It's true. It's not true. It is true. It's totally true. It's not true. It is true. My name's Justin. My name's Alex. Trek off. Trek off, bitches. Trek Off isn't the only fun free podcast you can find on the Enlight Podcast Network. Go over to Pop Off to listen to the Pop Off Podcast, popoffpodcast.com. You can also hear Ninjas vs. You, the hot mess with Phil Stamper, and the Suckcast by going to endlightpodcast.com or look, just search EPN on iTunes, EPN, and subscribe. Be sure to rate us on Facebook and watch Ninjas vs. Vampires streaming on Netflix. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook. Search for Endlight Podcast Network and also for Trek Off Podcast on Facebook and be sure to like both of those. And on Twitter, be sure to follow at Trek Off Podcast and also at Ninjas Versus.